0: Good morning, Good morning here in New York. Joe and I are speechless. We just watched an incredible episode of Game of Thrones last night. That's right. Um, spoiler alerts, nonstop. Um, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Even if you've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones in your life, watch it. <laughs> um, It'll get you. Even if you're not, uh, even if you're not supporting Confederate as you sh- as you should,
1: <laughs> that does. I don't know where you bit. lie yeah, where, know. with that statement. <laughs> well, I, I mean, should we, they watch it? Should they not? I mean, you? you should still
0: watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> watch Game of Thrones. Just watch Game of Thrones. Oh. Um, but yeah, it was just first of all the. the um, f- first of all, just to give people some context, I watch Game of Thrones the way your average guy that's like fifty probably watches, like The Godfather, of Goodfellas, right?
1: Which means
0: I don't just look at it as like a show about dragons and and it's it being a giant Well, I mean it's not you know it's not I look at it as like a metaphor for life in a uh, or what it means to be altruistic in a very unaltruistic society (laughs) right All, all those great like you know 70s mob flicks are about right right but more but I look at Game of Thrones like a metaphor for business right I have this saying where I'm like everything I learned about business and marketing I learned watching HBO Okay. So that means...
1: I'm distracted because I'm messing with your levels. In case you guys don't realize, Joe also does the recording here. Yeah, so, right. no, uh, But continue.
0: So so Game of Thrones, it's kind of coming to the end, but having invested so much time into it.
1: There's only three episodes left here, and then the next season yeah. is a shortened season as well, which right. is the end. Right. The very end.
0: And the brilliance of it is that it, it, not only is it just a chess, a, ch- a giant chessboard, but it's a, like a really glorified chessboard. Right. But in a way that uh, most other TV shows will never venture off into the fact that you can not only incorporate so many sociological elements into mm. it, but elements that kind of are reflective of things you see in like these kind of structured, high context business environments. It right. says um, is, a, is a testament to the quality of the show, in my opinion. Um, you know, every woman wants to be Khaleesi, you know what (laughs) I mean? Like, that's, like, that's just her thing, you know, um, I... I
1: think we have some
0: commentary in the background. Well, er everyone has a, everyone has a character who they identify with who they think is brilliant for for different reasons. Right. Um, I thought the Lannister father, Tywin... He was oh, great. He oh, was great. Such a great character. everyone Everyone's like, why is that your favorite character? I'm like, yo, that, that was the greatest crisis manager ever. <laughs> Every time there was an issue that came up, he was like, you're going to do that. You're going to do that. You're going to do that. You know? Not
1: only that, uh, he had like the best opening, like the best intro scene out of anybody on that show. His first scene in that show was the opening to an episode where he's talking to Jamie and he's gutting a deer. Like, right, that was right. the best right. one, you know. The deer being the stag, which was right. the Baratheon symbol, right. exactly. And he's just there gutting. this. It was it was amazing, it was like
0: absolutely, absolutely. So,
1: great intro, uh, just a great character altogether. Um, <clears throat> but continue. What were you saying about uh,
0: well, I think we're coming to the point in the series where we're starting to see what all the hype is about, right? Per se, when it comes to Daenerys, right. K- Khaleesi, the mother of dragons. Um, for a very long time, they've everything's hinged on the 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 um, tactical strategies of the Lannister family, which they still are technically the most tactical and ruthless family right. in Westeros. But now you're starting to, starting to see um, moderate tactical exercises from the opposing force right. and brute brute force, un- unstoppable brute force coming from the the, Targary- the Targaryen. Uh, uh, well, what's left of the Targaryen clan, right, right, right. Um, and you're and you're seeing these seeing these situations now where you have like these these partnerships based on other other families that want you know to restore, you know, restore the kingdom to a much more safer place. Mm-hmm. Are willing to buy into it? So you have these elements <coughs> of buying into a vision, you know, right, what I mean right, right. someone who who wields like un unrelenting power, hmm, you know, a, you know. Does this remind us? of you an know, right? un- un- unstoppable force meets an immovable object, right? You know, and that's I think the brilliance of the series right now. Right. You know? uh, Yeah, no, I mean, and I think it's going
1: to be pretty crazy when it's revealed that, uh, again, spoilers, spoilers, but that John himself is a Targaryen, which I, I feel is going to happen. Half a, half a Targaryen. Half a Targaryen. Half a Targaryen. But I feel like that's going to happen in the next episode, actually. If you remember, if you watch the, you know, the sort of the preview for the next episode, there's a, there was a quick, quick image of John standing in front of Drogon, I believe, the dragon. Oh, really? And I think... I think some stuff's going to go down and some stuff's going to be revealed in this episode.
0: Which D- did anyone cool. else think there was like this this tension between him and Daenerys when they were looking at... They basically
1: guy. say it, remember when
0: it is... She's like, I want, I want you to kneel, and in your mind you're like, man... If that wasn't your on, <laughs> I think a lot more people would be happy. But in your mind, you're like, "That is weird." <laughs> but
1: she's—I'm oh, trying to think of how it went. So she—he's the son of Ned's sister. Ned, and...
0: Ned's sister Leanna, uh, right? right? Had an affair oh, with yes, one uh, of her, bro- with his, her brother. Yeah, one of like right. the like. There's like something like four or five. Like, like her older, older brother. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, right. And their father was their father was the mad king and. He he was a product of um, incest, which is why supposedly why he's in the, when he's right. insane, right? right. Um, Although I
1: think there's another theory behind this, which my yeah, brother, probably
0: my brother uh, posed,
1: and I, I was like, this might be. So, do you remember uh, last season when Bran uh, sort of goes into the past, and then he's mm-hmm. able to talk to mm-hmm. um, Hodor, right? Mm-hmm. My brother was like, "What if Bran like was like the voices in the Man King's head?" The I've theory. heard that. I've heard that yeah, theory. So that's a theory, theory that's that theory. out there. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I mean, also there's other elements of it too, like the Mad King. Um, I mean, there's also the possibility that there. uh is it? I mean, I, I this is like a not. A very, I I don't know how accurate I am with this theory, mm-hmm. but there seems to be this thing with um, you know, the Lord of Light and uh, what's your name, uh, the Lady in Red. I You forgetting her right? Name. Yeah. Like there's a possibility that witchcraft is definitely an element to what they to to this whole like element right. she has a very invested stake in whoever right. whoever is the winning side and you got to remember like you got to start wondering why Um I also think uh you're gonna see the end of Baelish at some point of course yeah. you know people
1: think it's gonna be very soon yeah I mean he hands of Arya <laughs> he's, he,
0: yeah I mean he's got one of the best um he's also an incredible character right he's personally. great um,
1: him and um his his bold buddy there who's now yeah. I'm blanking on everybody's name. Let's see. This is um, what happens with the 8 a.m. because it's so (laughs) early in the morning. Uh, uh,
0: What's the eunuch's name? Um, Yeah, I forgot his name, too. No, either way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, They're both amazing characters because they're, like, sort of the, you know, the true power behind the throne kind of thing because they're manipulating, like, everything that's going on. Right. And if you actually
0: study, like, power dichotomies and structure and it comes to, like, things like government, Right. right? the brilliance of, of it too is that there's these situations where um, re- like regimes or um, leadership changes, right? Mm-hmm. But every now and then they'll retain certain me- members of the administration before right, that the because they see a value in it. Because other thing too is that they hold like those, some of those people have like more influence over the actual um, governance of the, their particular departments right. or their particular um, units than maybe even like their, their leadership did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you actually see that now with our current presidential one but i know in, in in situations like city government that definitely happens right yeah you know so that's what i found really really fascinating like i, I always wonder if there are guys like that here in, in like city hall who are just like doesn't matter who wins you know what, <laughs> what i mean like uh, we we maintain the order around here there's a guy right.
1: watching game of thrones now like i'm totally peter you, realize, right? <laughs> uh, you know what i'm really excited <laughs> for i'm a
0: registered independent <laughs> <laughs> right. Right.
1: <laughs> you know what i'm really excited for all those people out there that have been like, I'm not gonna watch an episode till the show is done, and then I'm gonna binge watch it, cause like their time is coming. The show is about to be over, and they're about to like be able to bask in the
0: joy that is Game of Thrones. I don't know how you could have like waited. Seven years, it's crazy. <laughs> A friend of mine, and, and then on top of that, like, and not seen any spoiler. Right, 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 right.
1: A friend of mine, he wait, he usually waits till the season's done and binge watches it. So last night, I sent this like group message, and like, oh my god, the episode was amazing. My brother's like, yeah, it was amazing, and then he was like, shut up. <laughs> 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 yes. Uh-huh. Uh, he's basically waiting till the end of the season. To you win. know,
0: what's it's funny is that when the series ends, I do feel like there's gonna be this kind of like end end of an era type of vibe. Of course, yeah. You know, gonna it's gonna like, like it's
1: Breaking Bad and like somebody's show. But I feel through, with Game
0: like, of Thrones is a little bit more profound, just because probably. like like Breaking Bad had a huge influence and um and buy in from people cro- across generations, right? But I feel like with Game of Thrones was a it was very much like. It kind of almost defined like like our current like d- like millennial generation mm-hmm. in a lot of ways you know like if if you are between the ages of like eighteen or thirty four like that was your show more right, even right, right. more so than the sopranos, right. more so than the wire more so than e- even in some ways more than true blood i think um I definitely more than True Blood. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, True Blood lasted a long time, it and did it last and, a and long it time. But it, wasn't, a lot of it wasn't good for most of its run. <laughs> <laughs> like. Well, it, 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 it kickstarted a lot of other um, vampire-oriented media, mm. um, which I think people people forget. But I think with Game of Thrones, the appeal, like this, the the, the character, the world that it created, because um, it, it has all those elements of all those other shows, right? right. It has elements of True Blood. It's fantasy. Right. I mean, with, with the kind of these sprinklings of LGBTQ right. references right it has elements of The Wire The Wire was a show about ruthlessness power and oh, the formation yeah, yeah, yeah. of government has that in it The Sopranos same thing formation of government uh, I, you know got, people that maintain the order I mean the behind get, the scenes yeah, maintaining of people order, getting stabbed right? in the back especially <laughs> right. the first like two or three seasons right, of The right. Sopranos especially Um, but what Game of Thrones did was I gave you this lens that like this kind of like Lord of the Rings lens right. to it you know what I mean with the actual but with, with the stuff being filtered through it right. was was way more profound so you kind of had like this ultimate like every HBO show that people that just kind of captivated people's like right. minds is, and hearts and attention this is know? definitely
1: HBO's biggest like yeah. sort of cultural phenomenon yeah. since The Sopranos yes is yeah. and this
0: thing: even The Sopranos as big as it was like I don't know if it would survive like now as a series you know
1: it's rough because, you know, everything now is, like, put under a microscope and it's like, well, you can't do this and you can't say oh, this, yeah, it's this a, it's a, yeah, If yeah. it's based in
0: Westeros, it's like,
1: well, they're not real people, so yeah, I right, guess we can say that. Right, yeah.
0: right. Well, I mean, look at even Boardwalk Empire, like, struggled a little bit, especially right. the last two or three seasons. Then, yeah. um, and that's also a show that I absolutely love. I as well, I, feel like I would actually say Boardwalk Empire has a greater, greater claim to, like, um you know, to, like, Game of Thrones and say The Sopranos. The Sopranos is kind of like, you know, it was, like, their first, like, major... Cultural right. show, but Bullock
1: Empire* was never as big as *The Sopranos*. Never, never,
0: never. TV and so. it was a, gr- and it was actually like the first two or three seasons were really, really right. It was a r- great show, but
1: yeah. it just never reached the heights of those two shows. Right, like HBO. You know, like yeah. this is hands down their biggest hits since *The Sopranos*. Yeah. That's why it's warranted like the biggest budgets in TV oh, history. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean,
0: even the fact that you have other media he, companies doing like podcasts or doing like you know, like *The Ringer* has their own like *Talk the Thrones*. Right, um, and people partnering up with them to buy into it. Mm-hmm. You know. It's like very clear. It's very, very clear that this this media product is a is a job creator, <laughs> right, you know, right, for right. other media companies. Right. You know, so I totally, yeah, I totally believe that is like their like their biggest like cultural like mm-hmm. touchstone ever, and that's why I see I say when it ends, like it's I feel like people are gonna be a little like you know they're gonna be hurt a little, bit, right? You yeah. know what I mean? It's um, gonna be
1: crazy to think about like what am I gonna do on a Sunday night? I know, I'm right? I'm just no, I, know. <laughs> I mean I guess I'll do.
0: <laughs> what i did while it was away for her. <laughs> you know, i'm saying like yo man was like i don't know right like you were like okay football season is not right, right? Right. it's not till uh, like not till uh october yeah. uh let me see i don't know game of thrones you know? <laughs> like the nba season's over uh, Wait, right? yeah. yeah game of thrones is coming, game of thrones is coming.
1: <laughs> it's um yeah no like uh, we've <laughs> my girlfriend and i have like set up dinners for like the beginning of the right, show and right, the end right, of the right, show right. so like i know what i'm doing like three, yeah. four Sunday nights from now. For dinner, like watching it It's crazy, man. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to miss it, but it's, uh, you know, had a great run. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's got to end at some point, and I feel like, I like the creators, the showrunners' choice to not drag the show on. Like right. They were like, we know where it goes, we know it needs to end, we need to put right. a period at the end of this sentence, and I think they're making the right choices. Right, be right. And it's been exciting. I agree. Yeah.
0: I agree. Hey, Brooklyn, do you love beef patties? Well, if you're ever in the Bed-Stuy area, make sure to drop by Patty Hut and Grill. They have some of the best vegan patties in Brooklyn. Whether you ride your bike to work like Joe, who isn't a transplant, or take the train to hit up a friend's house, shout-outs to Mo. Patty Hut and Grill has some of the best food options off Fulton Street. Do yourself a favor and Google Patty Hut so you can experience one of the best-kept secrets in New York. So Joe and I have a very special episode. Being how mm. we like to talk about things connected to New York. And things connected to the pop cultural history of New York. There was, I guess you would call it an obscure movie in a way, right? I don't, I don't Well, know if was was it wasn't obscure
1: at really the time, but a lot of people have just sort of, you know. Forgotten about Forgotten it. about it over time. And uh, it's not the movie uh, right. we deserve right now, but it's right. the movie we're we going to get. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so the other day, as we were having a spiel about my affinity for law enforcement, Joe and Chuck High recommended watching the movie Copland, which came out around this time 20 years ago, right. right? Now, if you don't know, Copland's about uh it stars Sylvester Sylvester Stallone as a county sheriff in the fictional Garrison, New Jersey, which is loosely based on Edgewater, New Jersey, right? Right. And the hab- inhabitants of this town are mostly uh, NYPD cops who who he looks up to. Right, right, and he is a lot. He's okay with them doing shady things on the side or whatnot, largely because he has a huge respect for um, NYPD. Right? right. So the whole story revolves around a uh, conspiracy related to these NYPD officers, who you know, some some of whom are re- retired, I believe. Right. Or no, they're still no, they still work. There may
1: be like one or two, I don't remember. Right. See I didn't watch the movie in preparation for this episode, but I've seen it many times. Right. right. Uh so I think some of them are retired but most of them uh are still like active. Uh it's funny, because Harvey, K- Harvey
0: Kytel's in it and it's like he definitely looks like a retired guy, but he's like <laughs> <laughs> he's like running around and stuff. You know? <laughs> right, right. You know. But we thought about there's like several cultural significant There's there's several cultural significant elements of Copland, right. Mm-hmm. One of which it, it was directed by James Mangold, the same guy that directed Logan, right? right to much uh, critical acclaim. The other element is that this movie kind of gave way to like several other great, like media pieces of art that I think kind of go on, that you and I, I mean, most I think most people would consider like great moments in pop culture history, right? And lastly. We t- it, it's just an awesome film. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just a great movie. It's just man. a great movie. Right? I still think to this day
1: that Sylvester Stallone should have been nominated for. It. Not saying he should have won, but he's incredible. In the Didn't movie. he get nominated for it? I believe no, he okay. wasn't nominated. It was like a whole like thing. Like a lot of people thought he should have been nominated that year.
0: Well, I think when we talk about when we often talk about the like racist cops, right? Right. Um, yeah, no, it's but, weird
1: how like that film there's a uh, you know there's a lot going on in that movie that's still going on right now and i feel like if that movie sort of had this like comeback which i uh, most people aren't going to see the thing but you know with its 20th anniversary maybe a couple of theaters will show right. it you know it speaks about a lot of things that are still going on this current day and it's probably a more poignant film now than it was back then only oh, yeah. because you know the internet was, you know, internet was there obviously, but like, you know, yeah. iPhones, all this stuff where we're like seeing police brutality and all these things yeah, yeah. wasn't yeah. like in our face in 1997. So right. like right. now with us, you know, like just the other day like, that cop holding the gun on the guy in the car. Did you see this yeah, video? I heard, I heard right. about that. Like, so it's a pretty, you know.
0: Well, I think from a cop, pop cultural perspective a cop, cop cultural perspective cop culture. <laughs> I think from a pop cultural perspective, James Mangold is kind of like the epicenter of it in a way just because of all the success he had recently with right. Logan. Um it's one of those examples of like, oh, you maybe love the film that came out now and you're like, man, what else did this guy do? You mm-hmm. know? And come to find out he had this really like intricate story of these corrupt officers right in New York. I think um for me also personally, I've been listening I I've been listening to an audiobook called Once a Cop, mm. which is an autobiography by a, a former Deputy Inspector named Corey Pegues. Mm-hmm. and there's a particular chapter in it called "The Most Racist Thing He Ever Seen," right, where he discusses uh, what it felt like to be a black cop in right. like the in the late '80s, early '90s, right, and the type of things that transpired during the Dinkins administration that led to Dinkins like not getting reelected, right, but also kind of set the tone for what we see. Even like I, I mean, imagine it still kind of persists to this day. Right. Um. Maybe not as much as it did in like the the 90s or late 80s, but he describes it as somewhat of an old boys club. Mm. You know? And when you watch Copland, that's exactly what it is. That's what it is, you like know, in your face. Right. Yeah. Um. It stars. An amazing cast <laughs> they just keep coming they just keep the coming room. like yeah joe is like yeah once you start watching it you're gonna keep watching it <laughs> and you're gonna see more people <laughs> i mean i mean the, the the main stars of it include like sylvester stallone uh harvey Keitel, ray liota oh yeah um is it the t-1000 i keep forgetting his name. <laughs> um, now i'm blanking Yeah, t-1000 but yeah um robert patrick robert patrick Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malik Yoba. Bobby right. De Niro. Right. Um, and then on top of that, you get these sprinklings of, like, guest appearances. Method Man. Method Man's in it. Uh, Artie Bucco <laughs> is in it. Right. Uh, Nurse Jackie's in it, a.k.a. Tony's wife <laughs> is in it. <laughs> Edie Falcon. Edie Falcon. <laughs> 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 Let me help you out. Uh, <laughs> Anna, Anna I love, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Anna Su- Schior, 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 Annabella Sciora. Who Schior, I had Schior. a
1: huge crush on Like through the whole 90s As a young man mm-hmm. Annabella Siora Amazing But she's Was also a very good actress She, right. she never right. got Like kind of got her due
0: But Right um, uh, Yeah it's a great cast man um, And there's a few other names Oh Janine Garofalo Is in it Janine Garofalo Or Garofolo,
1: I don't know Gar- <laughs> Garofalo <laughs> <laughs> In that movie She would be Garofalo Um Oh uh, yeah, no. I mean, it's an incredible film, man. Uh, I was gonna. I had a point that I was thinking about, and I was like, Frank bubbling Vin- up. Frank Vincent's
0: in it for like a second. That's right. Um, Paul Calderone, who, if you watch The like, King of New York or a lot of Abel Ferrara movies, right. and he's in a lot of those. Yeah, it was an incredible cast. I was like, oh man, this is almost like King of New York. Where like, every, <laughs> if you watch King of New York, it's the same thing. You're like, oh, yo, Wesley Snipes is in this. <laughs> like, yo, look at this yo the dude from CSI is in this. You know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, like I'm watching, you know, the funny thing too is as I'm watching Copland, I'm like, I really want to see John Carlo Esposito in this for some reason, like <laughs> right? You, you start, it feels like he needed you, you to start be in there. Who you want to see in it, like right? That's how many yeah, guest appearances he's probably right. acting in some Spike movie at that, yeah, point. right? So couldn't be, wasn't
1: available, <laughs> you know. um, yeah, no, it's um, it's a great movie, um. One of the things I like about it, though, you know, it, the movie is about these corrupt cops, right? And, like, this, like, land of, like, this, just this town that's filled with, like, these officers and, like, mainly white officers who are corrupt. But it also doesn't demonize all cops, which I like about right, the movie. Right, which right. Which I think is, you know, um, it was a smart way, one, to approach the film. But also, I mean, you know, it's true. Like, not all of them are bad. Just you know, the bad ones tend to outshine the good ones. Well, what's
0: interesting too is that you also they also highlight the internal conflict of what cops go through. First Mm -hmm. of all, they have the hive mentality. Right, that's kind of illustrated by the main core group of corrupt cops, right? Mm. And even the way they talk about internal affairs bureau. Oh, guys from IEB, right. you know, like you can't trust them, right? Right, right? right. and it's just like
1: because they see them, they're like turncoats.
0: Yeah, turncoats, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But they're all you're all in the same shield, right? You know, that's yeah. all the same badge that you guys. Want. Right,
1: but it's like, how dare you? Yeah, how dare you turn right? on your brothers? Yeah, you know?
0: Exactly, exactly. And then, um and, you know, obviously they 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 do a they gloss over the whole like ties to organized crime element, but that probably is a lot more. uh It's probably a lot more realistic than I think people (laughs) care to realize, (laughs) you know. Um, But even the notion that they're living by this like, you know, like this seaside town in the middle of New Jersey, you know, it's like a a recurring theme. You know, Uh, Joe and I often talk about areas like South Brooklyn, Hmm. you know, like areas by the water. that tend to have these kind of like civil service uh, class um, neighborhoods and communities and you see kind of like some of those, those attitudes and elements persist, Right. you know. So I thought that was like a really interesting element of it and i think you know people it's, it's those hard, hard conversations people don't always want to have right. you know um i wouldn't say everyone is like that in those communities even when you talk to mm. every now and then you'll meet someone from staten island and they're just like yeah <laughs> i saw a guy with a maga hat and i didn't know what to do right and then my response is dude you live in staten island what do you expect
1: <laughs> it's you funny because i feel like it's like this seminal like new york film even though it's new york new jersey yeah, yeah, but like that just yeah. never got recognized um you know like say like a taxi driver or something. oh yeah yeah which absolutely. is a better film but still yeah um i remember one of the things so when you were talking about that book it's funny i have a friend who uh i went to college with film school with and um she has crazy stories man because she was a female gay officer like in the late 90s, early 2000s, and she went back to school for film. Well, what happened when she got injured and she couldn't be on the force anymore? Oh wow! So she and she always had like this love of film, but like she has like crazy stories, and I've always told her at when you were talking about that book, it reminded me. I was like, man, that would be like a great book, or even like something like a great podcast, like just rec- you know recounting all these stories she had. <laughs> you know, hmm, maybe we'll have her on. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was a wild scene, man. Yeah. It's pretty
0: cool. Oh yeah, I can only imagine. Um, what it felt like, right. and so
1: like you seeing uh Copland for the first time uh well, like one like where do you think it stands like in sort of the you know the pantheon of like these like oh great new york city great films. New York City films, but also like
0: you know it's weird, it's probably not that high.
1: I think it's pretty high, man. I I
0: I, yeah. I think as far as a like cult like cult New York City film, I'd say I'd probably rank it at a at a higher hey. at a higher <laughs> level. Um but like I guess the plot gets a little it gets a little funky sometimes. You know? <laughs> like I admit the plot's a little like funky but and it ends like I said, it ends like like, like boys in the hood. <laughs>
1: See I mm-hmm. disagree But It, it kind of <laughs> ends like Boys in the Hood A
0: little bit <laughs> like, um, He
1: said Or menace to society yeah, Or menace to society
0: <laughs> Um But If you wanted If you If you wanted If you asked me like The impact that it had Let me ask you this Do you think that film Could get made now 20 years If it got made maybe? now It would probably be A series Like a TV series
1: Why don't you think It could be made as a movie
0: I think our attention spans are different now for that, and t- plus Ray Liotta is also in Blue Bloods, which is. Like, <laughs> is Ray Liotta? No, no, that's not Blue Bloods. It was the one with uh, Jennifer Lopez? I have no idea, man. This TV show with uh, Jennifer something? Lopez. No, it's not Blue Bloods. It's um, <laughs> yeah. I'm totally blanking right now. <laughs> but the, the TV show with Jennifer Lopez, which is like sort of about crook
1: cops. <laughs> uh um, yeah no I mean I I don't I I've seen I've seen some ads but if it's not like. I don't watch much uh like network television anymore,
0: not yeah me neither, so. but i'm just I'm just saying as a as a as an example I don't know, I just feel like it could be made now, but it'd have to be in a different capacity, but so like
1: take s- the intention span so like sort of what this film is saying about like cops and stuff like that in today's climate, like do you think that would be problematic to make a film like that?
0: I actually think they need to make more stuff like that I agree and, and like but honest and unfil- do you think studios and unfiltered. would be willing to. To put I'd money into something. Uh, you know. I feel like they would, but it'd have to be very... Like, you can't make the cops too racist. You can't make them, like, not <laughs> racist. Like, like un- underwhelmingly racist, you right. know? Um, and also, because I think the the force is much more diverse now than it was 20 years ago. Right. You know, you'd have to highlight that. Um and then there's also the reason I say a TV series, or even like a mini series. I think go. it would be
1: great as a TV series. Yeah, I
0: think it'd be great as a mini- as a t- like a TV mini series, even this if it wasn't like a too many seasons.
1: Give know. me ideas. Yeah, Copland the series. Copland the series, right? It could be cool. You know, someone's gonna like do this now. Yeah, right. In like right. five years. Yeah, right. Like, we want credit, by the way. Yeah, Mr.
0: Mangold. <laughs> <laughs> Starring
1: um. Dermot Mulrooney or something <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the dude lost t v does a lot of <laughs> shit I don't know
0: <laughs> um I do think what you would have to do is highlight the the more like personal cultural elements right, right. like i like I was saying to someone the other day that like when I think of like a black cop, I think of usually someone that's like West Indian right right, so you'd have to tie that in are that there really? a lot
1: of west Indian New York police officers? I would
0: say so.
1: I haven't I w- noticed. but I, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it, obviously. Right. We have a big West Indian well, I mean, population. You, you
0: usually don't wear your flag when you're on patrol. Well, <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. But sure. I But I, I, I believe it, right? And I, I, I also say that knowing some, like, you know, cops who are, like, of West Indian heritage. Mm. But I do think if you were to do it now, you'd kind of have to highlight that struggle, that internal right. struggle, too, um, and do a better job at it. Because... When you're watching, like, there's this thing about watching Copland where you, if you watch it a certain way, you watch it from a different perspective right. than someone that's, like, like, not a POC, mm-hmm. right? Like, we were able to watch it like that just because we're, like, we know people that are, like, probably that nuts, that, <laughs> that racist, that probably live right next to it. Right. You know what I mean? That's a possibility, right? The same thing when you're watching things like Goodfellas, you're watching things like Sons of Anarchy, right, where you're talking about, you know, like, you watch it a certain way, they are talking about a certain class. Of people, right, right. The people who they're talking about watch it one way. We watch it a different way, you know? right. We we are not firearms traffickers for for the mob. Right? <laughs> I mean, you know, we we did not build our town, or the the build the buildings that we live in, or the houses that we live in using using the mob's money. You know <laughs> right, I mean? right. Like there's a certain group of people that do. that right? <laughs> <laughs> We are not them, right. right. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we didn't live next to a bunch of people. That's true. That who did, did that, that? Who right? did exactly that? Um. So that that being said, like I think now you'd have to like kind of examine those complexities. You can only do that with like a TV miniseries. I agree. You know, um, but also like one. I read a comment on YouTube about um, Copland, and some and someone said something that was kind of poignant. They said Copland kind of gave you shows like The Sopranos, right? Which I believe not just because part of the cast is in Copland, <laughs> but also the whole New York, New Jersey element, right? And I think that was actually really important too. Just like like now, if we were if you we do a modern TV series about it, it'd have to be New York, New Jersey, Staten Island, right, right. you know, South Brooklyn, touching on all that, yeah. Breezy Point, right, Neck, right, yeah. <laughs> Bayside,
1: oh, Breezy Point,
0: Maspeth, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of other places, you know, I guess Riverdale, yeah, you know, Howard Beach, Howard Beach, I was just going <laughs> to say,
1: I was there, right. I do have my – I might have to employ my Howard Beach uh, (laughs) parking my car there (laughs) when I go to the airport very soon, actually, in September.
0: It's great. So I think, like, now you'd have to kind of explore that element of it, too, and just also, um, you know, like, especially depending on the circumstances, if you want, like, a Democratic mayor or a Republican mayor. Right. You know, because I know the PBA – they had their points of contention with Giuliani, mm-hmm. but most of the police officers probably supported Giuliani, right? right? Um, but when you get a Democratic mayor, that dichotomy changes like 100%. Right. Um, not only will they have issues with, like, the whole contracts with the actual PVA, but a lot of cops will openly not want to deal with a democratic mayor.
1: I mean like we have right now. Like we have right now.
0: <laughs> um if you listen to that um that audiobook or read it if you get a chance, right? Uh he the one thing that he points out in that particular period of his life was that um there was in 91 we had the Crown Heights riots. Right. We also had the Washington Heights riots mm-hmm. after um a s- similar situation happened with a police officer and this latino kid up, uptown. And he doesn't he ba- he basically explains that how dinkins as a black mayor right was thrown under a bus by a lot of these uh people people at the pba because they they portrayed it as if he was siding with the quote unquote criminals right you know right. even though he was just you know having a conversation with them right um and even then like when all these things transpired um you know like he was just trying to have facilitate conversation you know and if you look at it contextually um from a more broader political perspective. It's almost like a microcosm right for what happened in some ways right. under the Obama administration. Obama had the luxury of being elected twice right right um if you want to call it a luxury right? <laughs> <laughs> if you want be <laughs> if you want to call getting reelected uh, a luxury um and so it wasn't like a one to one comparison, but if you see the way people's reactions are to certain things right right um you know if w- when you're a democratic candidate or a politician because of you know this this culture war because of like the history of the united states and even the history of the united states in major cities right it harkens back to this era and this kind of perception of like like you know democrats not having um doing enough to to support what you know many would identify as the you know working class you know white blue-collar citizen right. will, or civil servant citizen um so that's that's why I like when I think of Copland, when I think of this book when I think of like what happened in New York City like I think there's so many shades and elements of it that are really really interesting and it just so happens I'm listening to this audiobook right you know around the same time I'm watching this this movie um, he even mentions the 75th precinct in this audiobook oh right yeah. and like you know the corruption that kind of came out of um, the 75 um and and you know how these guys are able to dodge IAB and if you watch the documentary The 7-5 which I still have to check out right, yeah. it, is it, it on Netflix it's on today? Netflix right. it's definitely worth watching
1: maybe today when I get home you know um, my my police <laughs> you know juices are flowing now I need to yo
0: let's be cops bro yeah
1: man let's do it let's do it get <laughs> this no more ADM well we can do ADM shift at the <laughs> precinct <be> awesome, like. <laughs> <laughs> some guys in the background are like hey, I didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We'll be like, what are your thoughts on Copland, (laughs) sir? (laughs) Um,
0: Oh, man, we can imagine we do that. Oh, he's like, like I love Copland. (laughs) Hey, Joey, these guys are talking about Copland. He's
1: like, Harvey Keitel is my boy. (laughs) (laughs) Harvey Keitel is everyone's boy. Um,
0: That guy has had such an interesting life.
1: Yeah, no, he's a, he's had an interesting career. 'Cause yeah. he's he's obviously, you know, a well known actor and a well respected actor, but he's done like he's like run the gamut of like the types of films he's been in and done. Right, right. You know, from like some big blockbuster
0: to like bad lieutenant <laughs> Yeah, like, I was reading a little about it and I was like, Should I watch this? And I was like oh, I You don't gotta know. watch Bad Lieutenant, man. Someone was like, Yeah, it's actually like the most debaucherous like movie you'll ever oh, watch. Oh yeah. And well, I'm like, maybe
1: not the most, but <laughs> it's definitely up there. Uh yeah, me and Chuck and I we, we suggest we highly recommend you watch uh Badlands. I
0: feel like next time after I'm done watching it, I'm gonna be like, yo, you should check out this movie called Brown Bunny. <laughs> right.
1: But only watch the last like <laughs> twenty minutes of it. <laughs> uh I still remember when that movie came out, uh Ebert was like, Oh, this is awful and then he like saw some directors cut. He was like, uh, not that bad, and I was like, "How can a director's cut that just tacked on like forty-five minutes make this movie better?"
0: I heard something similar about um "Once Upon a Time in America." Another, movie I mean, like that film's incredible. In but another movie I haven't watched. Actually. That's insane.
1: The movies, the movies, amazing.
0: Yeah, I should watch that one. Yeah,
1: as a New York, as a New York, <laughs> <laughs> great cast too. Joe Pesci, Bobby De Niro, De, De Niro. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who am I thinking? Oh, James Woods. Great cast. James Woods. (laughs) They play like uh, New York Jewish, basically mobsters. It's great.
0: Yeah, I know. But yeah, those are my thoughts on Copland, pretty much. I thought that was, just given the timing, we we should do one about that particular, you know, cultural touch. Yeah,
1: it's pretty cool that... You know, this? you you happen to watch it right on its uh, on the heels of the 20th anniversary. I should, um like, send a letter to, like, some of the theaters around here, like maybe the Draft House or something, to do, like, a screening for the 20th anniversary, if they're not doing
0: it already. Can you imagine the hook for it? What would that be? All right. Give me the hook. Do you want to know about policing? <laughs> you know what I mean? like,
1: <laughs> um... <laughs> I mean, we should, we should like, we should uh, push a, a screening for the 20th anniversary and, like, we'll be the host of it.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> it'll be, like,
1: 8 a.m. shift podcast presents yeah, right. <laughs> at the Alamo Draft Drafthouse. Uh, Copland, the 20th anniversary. He imagine,
0: cool. So why'd you guys choose this movie? Because we're very pro-cop.
1: <laughs> we, we we love cops. We love and, cops. Um,
0: You know, it's just a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um,
1: I guess uh, I wanted to get Chuck High's opinion on this, but as what happens in the eight AM shift, we just wait for people to roll in, and Chuck High has not rolled in yet.
0: We could wait till he's, we could wait till later or see what he's. No, yeah. because like he comes in different times.
1: All right, um, do we got anything
0: else? What do you wanna? Mm, I can't think of anything else at the moment.
1: All right.